What's up, Magic fans? Round two is no joke. This is where we separate the pretenders from the contenders. Get some skin in the game with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. They are offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes each day. The best part is that it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN. For a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and now part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony, and today is Friday, June 18th, which means we are exactly four days away from the NBA Draft Lottery, where we will finally find out where in the world we end up landing um, for next month's actual draft. And... uh Al, what's up, man? How are you holding off? I know four days seems like a really, really long time. Um, How how are you feeling? So for me, luckily, I have family in town. So my in-laws have been here for about a week and a half, and they're keeping me really busy. So whether it's activities and taking them to the outlets and other cities and doing things, it's making days go by really, really quickly. So that's helping me. And of course, I'm going to work every day. So between work and then my in-laws and being in town, that's making days go by, but man, uh, it's it's painful. I'm like looking at the time. I'm like, I can't wait for that day to get here to know where we're going to land. Um, how about you? What's going on in your, on your world? Yeah, I mean, luckily there's NBA playoffs, so that's been kind of holding us over. Um, four days isn't a whole lot of time, so I haven't been stressing myself out too much. Um, I, I've been kind of doing things that you shouldn't do. So I, I definitely want some some word, words of advice that we should kind of share with everyone on on the do's and the don'ts. I'm going to share my don'ts. All right. A buddy of mine, he he told me that, you know, we, we need to speak positive positivity. He says I'm too negative because my thought process is, you know, I'm going to I'm going to prepare for the worst and hope for the best, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Right. And he's like, man, that's a negative way of of looking at it. You got to be positive. You got to speak. You speak it to existence the whole nine. Um, so I was like, bet. So you go ahead and go on tankathon.com and you go ahead and do a sim. Send me a screenshot. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to send you a screenshot. And I swear to you, no lie. When we both did it, we both fell out of the top five. Somehow Indiana ended up getting the into the top three. Chicago made it into the top five. And it made my you know anxiety even 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 higher. Those are the don'ts. So don't 
don't go crazy and, and sim your tankathon for the next four days. That would be my advice. Don't do that. Don't stress yourself out like I stress myself out. That and, and like I said, being negative. You know, like I see a lot of people being negative about the situation and already thinking like we're going to fall out. We're the magic. We have bad luck. And I get we're it. Just, we're just trying to protect our heart, man. That's That's it. When you love something so bad, when you love something that much, as a Magic fan, that here's here's the thing. I give so many people credit, especially especially if you're a fan. If you live outside of Orlando, because I'm I'm a strong believer that you know I didn't choose Orlando. Orlando chose me. Yeah, you know, I I could have liked any other team, but I was born and raised in Orlando. Kind of have to be an Orlando Magic fan. Fell into it, right? For anyone that lives outside of Orlando, so Al, I give you a lot of credit. If you live outside of Orlando and you still chose Orlando, like you still chose the Magic to be your team, that's love. That's real, real love because you're setting, you have set yourself up for the possibility, the opportunity of being heartbroken. So, in my opinion, the fact that you know I'm I'm having this this outlook is it's giving me less anxiety. As long as I prepare for the worst, if something happens and we get the number one pick, exciting. I'll be excited. <laughs> But if we don't, it's kind of like I kind of knew, kind of preparing myself, kind of. But see, we had been talking about it. We gotta, we gotta remain positive. We've been doing this now for what two months almost. Where we're like, we know what's coming. We know the lottery's around the corner. And my thing has been Cade or Jalen Green. Like that, we're gonna end up with one of those two guys. I keep saying it. I'm speaking it into existence. So I'm not gonna change. I'm gonna keep believing down to the very end, and we'll see what happens on Tuesday at eight thirty. But um, you know, that's my mindset, man. Because Again, we've had so much bad luck in recent memory. Again, I think we've dropped the last two lotteries or stayed the same uh, when we drafted. We've missed, we've missed the draft by drafting that one player by one pick too many times. And I exactly, can exactly, it's happened so, too many times. I mean, the um, I was looking at that the other day, the Mo Bamba draft 2019, 2018, 2018. That year we dropped from fifth. To sixth. You know who got picked fifth? Give me the name. Trey Young. Ah, hurts my soul. Hurts my so, soul, man. So I think it's happened so much to us. We'll talk about it here shortly. Some the magic, all the injuries that it happened. We holster the bubble. I think we'll do some luck. And by that I mean I don't mean the first pick. I mean top three pick. And I think it's gonna happen. Um Again, I hope I don't, I'm not jinxing, jinxing myself here. I don't regret saying these things, but I, I'm going to be positive until the very end. So we'll see what happens. But next time we record and me and you talk about it on the podcast, we know where we stand. That's going to be exciting. Yeah. And you know what? Find yourself a dynamic that Al and I have. You need to be able to have that balance. So if you're too negative, make sure you have someone positive. <laughs> if you're too positive, make sure you have someone that's a little more negative. That way you have a little uh, equilibrium. Make sure that you don't you don't hurt yourself, man. We're just trying to protect your heart. That's it. That is it. You definitely need that. Yeah, man. So um, we're, we're, we had to make some adjustments because there was some breaking news. Not necessarily breaking news, but they did mention that they were going to announce the all-NBA rookie teams. And um, how, how could we not mention it? in this podcast. Um, so a little, a little disappointment is going around, man. And I'm, I'm a little confused. I'm kind of hoping that you can kind of walk me through this Al. make me see it in a different way. Because again, between the two of us, you're, you're definitely the more optimistic one. So Shantz went ahead and reported about an hour ago at eight o'clock 
that the first team all NBA consisted of LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Sadiq Bay, and Jayshon Tate. And then the second team, Emmanuel Quickly, Desmond Bain, Isaac Okoro, Isaiah Stewart, and Patrick Williams. There was no Cole Anthony. And granted, Chumokiki was redshirted his, his freshman year per se, but he's considered a rookie. No Chumokiki. What is going on? How how accurate, how far off um, do you see these uh, all-NBA rookie team selections? So I'm going to start being negative, but I'm going to end on a positive note. So first of all, the NBA messed it up tremendously. And I tweeted about it right after it was announced. Um, there is no way, no way that Cole Anthony does not make, at the very least, the second NBA all-rookie team. No way. Um, and I tweeted all the stats. Or the majority of the guys that, that made it uh, for quickly, Okoro, Stewart, and Patrick Williams. I listed all of their stats. And those that are listening, I'm, I'm going to very quickly say this. Cole Anthony averaged more points, more rebounds, more assists than everyone that I just mentioned that made that team. So what makes it hurt even more, Cole Anthony was a runner-up right behind Patrick Williams for that spot. So keep it simple. Cole Anthony got robbed. That's the negative. Now, I'm going to spin it to a positive. If I know one thing about Cole Anthony, and he tweeted about it already, his reaction, and you can say the, the exact words if you have the tweet up. 100%, this kid's going to take that personal. It's going to train, train even harder. He's been training since the season ended. He hasn't taken any time off that I think of. He's going to come back even better and play even harder to show people that they made a mistake. So that's my positive spin on the situation. Yeah, he tweeted out exactly, and I quote, I ain't even going to lie, y'all are mad disrespectful. Go ahead and give you give that man the ammunition, man. He's already, like, self-motivated, self-driven. He's already at the gym, you know, busting his ass. Like, he's, he's already in the gym working. Give him more ammunition. You mean to tell me that if you were to do a redraft right now, that Cole Anthony wouldn't be in your top 10? Is that really what we're saying? Are we really saying that? There's like beyond beyond the 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 points and the statistics and he played better than this guy, whatever the case may be. I mean, how many of these NBA rookies hit two game winning shots in one season? Nope. I'm not saying that that's that's a solidified, you know, uh, haymaker that that's the reason why you put him in an all NBA rookie team. But my God, not even the second, not even the second. First, I get, man, you got LaMelo Ball, you got Anthony Edwards, he's a guard, I get it, but not the second All-NBA? How? There's yeah, no man. way. No way. I, I don't see uh, it. Markel Fultz went down early. Cole Anthony took over that starting point guard position early, and it was rough in the beginning. But the end product of what we got, I just, I don't, I don't see how, how he doesn't at least make the second. If I'm him, I'm mad. I'm and mind you, and mind you, there's some names in that first team that if you look at the numbers and even the impact they had on their teams, Cole Anthony played a larger, a larger role and Cole Anthony had better numbers, even on the first team. So I'm talking about now five to six players that he should be above in this list of guys that made the team. Um, but again, I'm 100% confident this is going to be ammunition for him to train even harder and play even better next season. So again, I'm all for it. It's all good. Ah uh, man, I'll I'll be honest with you, man. And maybe it's just me. 
Like I, I'm just looking at the names. Jayshon Tate. Like why why doesn't that name like I can't even picture who that dude looks like. And I I, I mean I I follow the NBA pretty pretty drastic. I mean I focus more on the magic, but who the hell is Jayshon Tate? Undrafted kid from I don't even know where, but he plays for the Houston Rockets. Small forward, played well. Not gonna lie, he played well this season. Not better than Cole Anthony. Just being real. Yeah, I don't get it. I'm lost. Lost for words. I'm Cole Anthony. I'm upset. If I'm RJ Hampton, I'm upset for Cole Anthony. If I'm any teammate of Cole Anthony, I'm motivated at the fact that you know there's just no respect in Orlando. We can't we can't win a slam dunk contest. We can't win a second team all NBA. You know, Vooch, I mean, at least, you know, he made it to the all-star. That's I, the only the you, only thing. I guess. By the way, I know it's not on the agenda, it's not up on our plans, but I gotta ask you, our boy um Aaron Gordon being uh swept out of the second round and averaging like six points, did not make a three-pointer the whole series. Talk to me about your boy. What's going on? Um quick just quickly. Man, I'll put it to you this way. He never got swept in a magic uniform. Let's leave it with that. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We we didn't get a chance to to specifically talk about it. It might be a little late news, but I definitely want to share our thoughts because you and I haven't had um, a recorded conversation about it. So Orlando Magic, Steve Clifford, they decided to part ways. First and foremost, just real quick, what were your initial reactions and thoughts on the decision to leave the Orlando Magic. Um, so we've talked about this, right, since the season ended and, and the way things went, right? Like everybody go go away, go on vacation. We'll come back and talk mm-hmm. about it. Uh, we had mentioned, I personally had mentioned on the podcast how I kind of found the, the whole situation kind of strange and super strange. Something didn't seem right. Um, now we have a little more details. Now we know, kind of, that Clifford's the one that decided to part ways with the Magic. He wanted more of a vet team and and more of a competitive team, which, honestly, I think the Magic still are going to be pretty decent next season. Um, but either way, he decided to, to walk away, which, again, I saw a possibility for that to happen. So I can't say I was 100% surprised when the news was announced, um, but it was still shocking just because we we knew there was a chance that he may come back at least in the final year of his contract and and write it out. Uh, but again, he chose not to. And, and again, that's OK. I respect it. Um, I think it's the best thing for the team, though, overall. Uh, I like Clifford. I think he's a, a guy that got us to the playoffs, created some sort of court culture in Orlando of, hey, winning matters, accountability matters. And that's important. But the voices or the, the guys hearing his his message in the locker room change completely. We need a new voice. We need somebody who can communicate to these young players. And unfortunately, I just didn't think Clifford was the right guy for that uh, with this very young core that we have. Um, so not surprised. And I think it's the right move. Now, who's going to come here? We'll talk about it next. But um, I like it. I personally like it. Uh, I was I was a Clifford fan. I wanted him to coach the Orlando Magic when we were kind of doing our coaching search after Frank Vogel. I was really happy with the hire. You know, he spent the last three seasons with us, really turned us around. 96 to 131 record total with the Orlando Magic. Um, two out of the three seasons made it into the playoffs. Two playoff game, um, at least games that are one under our belt. Um, it, and 
it's it's funny because I was listening to Avery Johnson's um, uh, kind of remarks on the matter, and he had said that there's there's just there's no such thing as a mutual decision. This was not mutual. It was one person that decided that they no longer wanted the partnership. And mm-hmm. from the interview that we heard from uh, Jeff Weltman, from um, kind of the the a little bit that we heard from Terrence Ross on his podcast, you know, it was clearly that. Cliff just didn't want to go this route. He did not want to teach a bunch of brand new guys how to play the play the game of basketball. Um, he he's in here to to play the vets and play at a high competitive level. And not that our players can't, but you know he he expects a certain amount of uh, detailed preparation that you know he I guess didn't feel that this team is able to do either off the back or without him having to to teach the players to do so. So I, I think that initially it was kind of like, yeah, man, we we talked about it. We we knew that it's it's a possibility, but the fact that it did happen kind of left me in shock. The same way when we found out that we were trading away uh, Nikola Vucevic on the tra- on the trade deadline, it was just it it, it felt like the world kind of paused for a second. It was like, oh oh, this is really happening. Like now it's it's we we traded the the young vets that we had. We brought in some new rookies. It already felt like, all right, this is this is a new era of Orlando Magic basketball. But now with Cliff leaving, now it's really a new era of Magic basketball. You have Terrence Ross that is literally the longest standing tenured um, personnel on the actual team, um, and it's 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 refreshing. I'm excited. Like, how are you not? This has to be by far the most exciting offseason that we've had in a really, really long time. We got to look for a brand new coach. We got to look for um, to find out where it is that we land in the draft. We have to draft players. And if we don't draft where we or we don't land where we're supposed to draft, what moves are we going to make? We have free agency coming up. There's so many different things that are, are happening in a small time period that it's is kind of like our front office has their work cut out for them. You know, we're still in the playoffs. They can't even get to the process where they're interviewing um, all these other coaching candidates. And we're going to talk about it more in, in, more in just a moment. But, you know, the, the NBA, I don't know what's in the air, what's in the water, but everyone's making the decision to, hey, let's go with a different voice, a different direction. And they're right now at this moment, there's expecting to be more six available uh, head coaching job positions out there and it's it's ironic because you know it's you don't you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to get the leftovers you want to be able to pick your guy and maybe in a in a season where there's maybe two coaching positions open and a, a coach that wants to get back into the league you know they can choose from one or the other but there's six how do you feel about the position that the Orlando Magic are in? And if we're comparing with other teams, where do you see Orlando falling in that rank of, you know, desired uh, decision of choosing to be the head coach for? So I think that the first thing that comes to mind to me is there are three guys that for sure we have will have jobs next season. And that is Terry Stotts, Clifford, and Rick Carlisle. I expect those three guys to be hired, right? So out of six open positions right now, I think three of those teams will get filled with those guys. So that still leaves the guys that we want to possibly have, which we'll talk about those names in a few minutes. So realistically, there are three teams out there that 
are looking for the same coaches that we may be looking at. Because um, I really don't think any of those names that I just mentioned are going to be running for the magic. Now, Rick Callow will be amazing in Orlando, creating that culture, creating that that system that he had in Dallas and bringing that here. That would be insane. But I don't think it's realistic. I think there's better teams that fit his coaching style a little more. The Celtics come to mind. I'll be, he was a player for the Celtics, too, uh, a long time ago. Um, so that makes sense. Um, so to answer your question, being realistic. So I see a lot of people on Twitter saying, you, with the Magic at the number one, that opening out there, we have the most this, the most that. I'm going to be real, man. If I'm a head coach and I can go out there and coach Luca, Zion, you know, Lillard, ja, Bradley Beal, Westbrook, there are some major players out there. Uh, Indiana has some decent, a decent team, not so much of a huge name, but a good team in place too. So good, solid foundation. So if you're a coach that wants to come to a team with low expectations off the bat, developing young talent, save some money because no, no state tax here in Orlando, then yeah, this is an amazing opportunity. But if you're a team that wants to win and win now and kind of become competitive right off the bat, we know Orlando's not that place. So I think that's why there's certain names that Orlando appeals to, but you can't tell me, you know, Stan Van Gundy wants to come and coach the team right now. It's not going to happen. Clifford left for that reason. Uh, Terry Stotts was mentioned. I really don't think this is a guy that after making the playoffs for, what is it, nine years in a row, whatever it was, in Portland, wants to come to Orlando and coach a rebuilding team. Like, I don't think that's realistic. So I like Orlando, of course. But I don't think it's the top of the list. I think there's at least two to three, if not four teams, to be honest, that some of those big names are going to go after first before coming to Orlando. What are, you, so, what are your thoughts on that? So just just to clarify, what teams are you putting ahead of Orlando as a if, desired location? If I was a coach, I would say the Celtics for sure are probably number one in that list. Dallas probably will be number two right now. Luca. You know, they have, they have a good foundation, cap space. Um, and that's about it, honestly. I think those are two teams to me that are just really, really solid. New Orleans, they got two solid young all-stars in Sion and, uh, and Ingram. So that's another team that could be there with Orlando. So I'll put us third, tied with New Orleans. I can see the third. I have Orlando ranked second. So I got Boston number one just because you have Jason Tatum, you have um, Jalen Brown. You you have players that, one, they, they embody the whole Celtics culture, and they want to play there. They want to be there. The fact that we're also in the East, major plus, mm-hmm. right? So I definitely have Celtics one. The reason why I have Orlando two is has a lot to do with our draft position, Um, At the moment, obviously, we don't know where we're landing, but the fact that we're going to be able to add a high level elite player to this roster um, has to be a a major factor. Plus, you have a lot of really young rookies that you're able to add to it. Um, And again, you're in the East. The players on the roster, they seem happy. They seem like they want to work hard and and contribute. And it is our, our front office is at least organized. We're on the same page. We're a train that's moving forward, and there's no anchors holding us back. I have Dallas after us just because of everything that we're hearing now. Porzingis not happy with his role. You have uh, Luca that isn't happy that uh, decisions are being made, and he's. Uh, you have uh, Donnie Nelson that is, is no longer a part of the team, and there's just a lot of 
uh, clusterness happening that to me, in my perspective, one year in the West, yes, you have an opportunity to be able to coach a player like Luca. And for a veteran coach, that's important for a coach Clifford, Stan Van Gundy, which I don't think Stan Van Gundy is going to land anywhere, but that's just me for a, a stats for whoever it's a perfect spot for, for a veteran coach. But in my opinion, I'm putting us ahead of Dallas. Um, and then followed by, I'm I'm expecting for uh, Mike uh, Budenholzer. I don't I don't even know if I said his last name right, but I'm expecting for the Bucks to make a, a coaching change. Um, someone has said it earlier, and I'm going to seal it off of them. And I don't remember who it is, but you know, even if they win a championship, I I would still fire them. <laughs> um, and then you, it kind of trickles down. Um, and I think that you know teams like the Bucks, where you know Giannis is isn't a hundred percent uncertain. He, uh, it's not like he's, you know, you, you, you kind of get the, the Dwight Howard feel that he might possibly, you know, kind of decide that he wants to play elsewhere. You know, he's not a hundred percent solidified. You ne- you never know. You got Portland that same, same thing with Dame. You, you just don't know. Um, and then you have the Pelicans where, you know, there's reports coming out today that Zion's, you know, family, uncle, sister, cousin, brother, whoever the case may be, is something that they want him to play for a different team. So it's a lot of uncertainty. Imagine a head coach. Let's say that, you know, it, it's, it's a coach that's deciding between the Pelicans and the Magic. They decide to go with the Pelicans because they got Brandon Ingram. They got Zion Williamson. And they signed for New Orleans, four or five-year deal. And Zion, I want to be traded. I don't want to play in New Orleans anymore. What do you do? Now you're stuck. Now you're stuck in New Orleans. And that's the difference, you, I think. You, have you been to New Orleans? I I have not. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Not I, a fan. I've heard that though. I've heard that it's not it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dark place. It's a really dark place. <laughs> and it smells. My bad. If you're from New Orleans, and you're listening. My bad. My bad. But if you're listening to this podcast and you're from New Orleans, that means that you don't like the Pelicans and you prefer the Magic. So true. Kind of on the same page. But yeah, I I think you're you're right in that sense. Like Orlando, at least you know what you're coming into, man. Like you know you're going to come into a rebuilding a team, developing young players, cap space, good draft picks coming in right this season, and just a team that you wanted to play hard and just go grow at this point. So from that standpoint, it's simple. And you're building it from the ground up, right? Because the team is going through the rebuild stage right now. Um, that's why I think those those big names, the Terry Stotts, Carlisle, Clifford, um, they're going to some of those more veteran teams in my opinion right away like those guys you can you can book them somewhere there now can one of those like terry stotts that's the first name that was mentioned when the magic position opened up like could he end up here maybe i don't know i don't know why i, I think there's better names out there that fit more what we're doing um but it'll be interesting i do think though that magic will be one of the quickest teams to hire a coach you think so I think so. I think because, I mean, Jeff Waltham said in one of the short clips that the Magic posted uh, on their social media accounts, there's urgency because we are drafting a player here in a month and a half. So you got to have a coach in place to know, hey, which way are we going to go? Have a say in all these things. Look, don't forget, we got to have also an assistant, assistant coaches in place for the summer league, which is in two months. So there's kind of a lot going on with our team that you can have a coach hired on July 20th, two days before the draft. I just don't see that happening. Plus, if you're the Magic, I think you know pretty much who you want. You're either just waiting for those teams to be out of the playoffs so you can interview them officially and, and hire them, 
Or you could just make the move next week. If you really know who you want, you interview them, make the move. But what are your thoughts on that? You think the Magic waited out? Or do you think they make it, they pull a deal here quickly? I don't know. You've you've already convinced me on Kenny Atkinson. He's he's still in the playoffs with the Clippers um, as their assistant coach. So they he won't be able to interview them until they're either knocked out of the playoffs or the win they win the whole damn thing. So um, that that's the only thing that kind of holds me back because if if you have him on your radar, you want to be able to do your due diligence, even if you really really like this coach. Um, and from what it seems like, they really want to go through the process. Uh, you can't make that decision until everyone that you want to interview is interviewed. And there's a lot of names out. There's a lot of available. So as much as there's available coaches, there's a lot of names. And there's to me, there's more names than there are positions. Mm-hmm. So just to kind of recap and run through um, some of the names that we're hearing, um, we're looking at so we got the the obvious penny hardaway all right so that kind of seems like a civil war across orlando magic fans some magic fans are all for it and they want to bring penny back into the pinstripes and some are completely against it stating that you know it's it's more for nostalgia reasons um we got mike d'antoni that's been linked kenny atkinson becky hammond uh jason kidd sam Cancel, and wes unsealed jr did i miss anyone Terry Stotts. Terry Stotts. He was the very first one. That one seemed weird, though, because they literally mentioned Terry Stotts immediately. I'm talking about right after. immediately after. And don't forget, um, the person that tweeted it was Mark Stein, who, not for nothing, is the only dude that has some sort of clue as to what the Magic are doing, it seems like, every year. Um, so I don't know. Is there any truth to that? Who knows? But, um, yeah, I, I did find it kind of weird that as soon as the opening came up, his name came up. Yeah, so a lot of interesting names. Um, uh, some of the names that stick out to me is is Jason Kidd uh, for the simple fact that this is this is someone that already has ties to the front office. Um, hired um, in Milwaukee, not fired in Milwaukee by the front office. And there's there's some some ties, and and the thought with Jason Kidd has always been, you know, he he was hired as an assistant coach under Vogel. Um, to replace Vogel if Vogel didn't work out. And obviously Vogel won the championship in the bubble. Um, I kind of thought that the way that this season ended, um, that Vogel was going to be out the door and Jason Kidd would have just replaced it. Um, but from what seems like Jason Kidd is, you know, he's the magic have already granted permission to interview Jason Kidd. Um, so there, there's ties um, and they're already stating, there's already reports saying that he would or he sources are saying that, you know, he would be open and excited um, to be able to, to, you know, the Orlando, to look at the Orlando job and, and work with the young players. Um, now my fear with a player with a coach like Jason kid is it really didn't work out in Milwaukee. Granted it was his first coaching stint. Um, but some of the things that I've read and heard that some of the reasons why it didn't work out was because he, he clashed a lot. He he was very, very difficult to work with. And then Brooklyn was also another cringy experience. You and remember then, that uh you remember that Brooklyn play where he really, oh, really yeah. needed that timeout? Yep. He really needed that timeout and he didn't want to use the timeout. So he asked one of his players to bump into him and he spilled yep. water on the floor. And they caught him on the replay. <laughs> like they caught him on the replay, making eye contact, kind of mumbling a little bit. 
to bump into me and then he drops the water so him joining the lakers was probably the best move he could have ever done because in in my opinion it kind of you know built back the credibility a little bit tiny bit yeah but he has championship pedigree you know call it call it what you want bubble or no bubble he's a champion yeah, I, so, I think the the yeah, feel that people have, is, the people the, the feel people have with Jason Kidd is what you mentioned. He's he's had a running now with the Brooklyn Nets front office. He wanted the job of Billy King at the time, who was the GM. He wanted his job pretty much, and then in Milwaukee again, things didn't really work out really well. But there were rumors of of him clashing a lot too. So is that a guy that you want to bring to Orlando around young guys? From a player standpoint, becoming a coach, it makes sense. The guys would respect him as being a champion, a great NBA player. But that track record that he has is kind of concerning, if you ask me, um, to bring to a young team. Um, but out of those names that you mentioned, I mean, there's a lot of names in the list. Um, again, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Kenny Atkinson fan. So I, I'm hoping. But why? Why Kenny Atkinson? So, For those that are not familiar with Kenny Atkinson, don't really know what he brings what are what would you say are his his qualities why why do you feel kenny atkinson is your guy so this guy if you saw if you watch brooklyn play the last four seasons three seasons when he got there it was a really really bad team like a really really bad team they were nowhere close where they are right now he developed the young guys tremendously dinwiddie lavert allen joe harris those are all names that at the time were Eh, okay players on a, on, a, on a bad team. Those cars are decent players for now, commending some serious money in free agency, all of them. So he got them to the playoffs. And then the Nets did him dirty. So they went and hired, you know, and got KD, got this super team. Now all of a sudden, he wasn't the guy to lead that team anymore. He's, he's no longer, or let's say it this way, KD didn't want him to be the coach. So they let him go. And Steve Nash came in. But he built a team from where we are right now, from the ground, to a playoff team, to a solid team um, in the Eastern Conference. So I think he's a guy that just is a today's NBA coach. If you watch the Nets offense the last four seasons, they were fun to watch. Up and down, three-point shooting, pick and rolls. He knows how to run an NBA offense in today's NBA. And don't forget, we have good defenders. In Brooklyn, they were okay defenders. We have good defenders in Jonathan Isaac, Chuma Okiki, Markel Foles, Mobamba, Carter. So he can instill that offense in Orlando with solid defenders and his development. Bro, like, I, I just, how can you not like that opportunity for that guy? Um, and one more thing, I think you told me about this. I didn't even know about this, but in, in some interviews, some articles, players mentioned the respect they have for him is because this guy's there at five in the morning in the gym getting on the court with them during practice he gets involved with the guys with the players and that's how he earns their respect so that to me is huge yeah and just to add a little light to that some details what that actually means is what i like about him is that you know he's not just in practice he's not just barking orders he's not just saying yo you gotta do this blowing the whistle you gotta do that this dude is actually running in the practice with his players there's times that he's running the point guard and running through the offenses, scrimmaging. When when you when you talk about wanting a a player, because the what what we all want and what we're hoping for is the fact that they decide to go with a formal play, a former player. 
The reason why is because we want whoever is in charge there so that they're able to connect with the players. What better way to do that than actually like being on the court, sweating, working, showing what you're talking about? Exactly. You can make it more believable that way. And I'm not talking about like that clip that we saw a few years ago with Stan Van Gundy um, <laughs> dribbling the basketball, you know, through his legs a couple of times. Like, cool. You showed that you had handles, but we're talking about like actually scrimmaging. So I, I watch um, I, who I can't. Was it Omar? I think it might have been Omar Magic on, on Twitter. I can't remember. My bad. I'm sorry. If you're listening to this, I'm sorry that I'm not giving you the right credit. But he had posted a thread of like mm-hmm. the reasons why. Kenny Atkinson and some of the videos that I saw um, showcase like, you know, players that are, are willing to fight for this dude. Like they're, they're willing to go to war for this guy. Like these are the words that they're using. The players are using. And I just think that for this young group, you need a guy that's able to, to rally the troops that way in the locker room. I think that is so, so important and he's probably the the that's probably one of the main reasons why I have him um, top of my list. Yeah. Now, and, and, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Now they they also did you have anything else that you want to say about Kenny before we move no. on to? I was okay. going to say good news for us is mm-hmm. Kawhi, as we know, is probably going to be out the rest of the playoffs. So Utah let me down tremendously the last game. But I expect him to win the series. I really do. I expect him to come back and win it. So if that happens, Kenny could be available next Tuesday after the lottery for a quick interview and we can seal the whole deal going. So that's my hope that they're out of the playoffs. We can interview him probably next week. Get that done by the end of next week. Yeah. It, and it, it, if the Clippers get pandemic P, then we'll be able to interview him quick. They get playoff P, then, uh, you know, there's still a little more fight in them. That's right. Now, what are your thoughts on Becky Hammond? Becky Hammond was a, a a hot name that we keep hearing. And there's, there's, again, civil war. You got people that are all for Becky Hammond. Some people that are not. If you're not familiar with Becky Hammond, um, definitely one of the elite WNBA players. One of the first assist, assistant coaches in the NBA, woman, under the uh, Popovich tree. What are your thoughts on Becky Hammond? How do you, how do you see that kind of, you know, kind of fitting in the mold here? I'll tell you what. So my real feelings are she has my respect. She's earned her, her position. She's earned a job that she currently has. And I would be 100% okay if our front office decided, hey, we interviewed 20 candidates. She was the best one. I'll trust them enough with that decision and with that hire. Would I be upset? No. Because, again, she has shown that, hey, as a play, she's a player. She played the WNBA, has been in locker rooms with Popovich, one of the best coaches in the NBA, in NBA history. So I feel like she's earned the, the right to, to earn that, that seat in Orlando being the head coach if that's the way they go. Um, from a media standpoint, Orlando would be center stage. And I think that if they go that route, it would probably get us some national TV games just because we hire her. And I wouldn't want that to be the reason why we hire her. So I hope Orlando does not make the politically correct or the or the right thing to do because they're trying to bring this movement it shouldn't be for that reason it should be because she's the best candidate i think she truly would be if she beats out kenny atkinson and all these other guys because she has a better game plan for this team long term then you know what i would be okay with that and we'll we'll talk about um who is on our like top three head coaches list and she makes it so 
that tells you how highly I think of her. Um, but honestly, I just don't know enough. Like Kenny Atkinson, I can tell you a track record of what he's done as a coach. I don't have that with her, except that she's won the, uh, uh, what is it, the Summer League Championship a few years back. So that's all I know as a coach for her. But um, again, she has my respect. Yeah, so I, I I had this debate with someone else also that, you know, I, I felt the same, that if you hire someone like Becky Hammond, then you're going to get the national attention because that's just what comes with being the first of something. Mm-hmm. I'm open to it, 100% open to it. And I think that it has to be done correctly. I think that if you go through the interview process and she beats out all these coaches, then there's nobody more perfect. You got to go in there and kill it. You got to make sure that, you know, it's 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 a, a, a wide margin. And I think that she's capable of doing that. I was watching videos of her coaching and she is she's fiery, bro. Intense. Like real fiery, intense. She'll look at you dead in the eye and tell you exactly what it is that she needs. And I think that she has this way of being able to connect with the players differently than what a male coach is able to do because there's, there's a different, uh, the women just bring that different side out that could just be, have the similar effect that Kenny Atkinson may have to where Mm -hmm. you want to go to war for this individual person. You want to be able to go out there and fight for this individual person. And uh, I, I don't know, man, I, I have a good feeling about Becky Hammond. I would be extremely happy if we brought her, in, and I think that you know it could be a really, really good fit in Orlando because we're not we're not expecting to win the NBA Finals right now. You know she hasn't. She would have an opportunity to be able to grow, develop. Um, as a former player, and that's exactly what we're looking at. Um, truthfully, I always thought that she was going to be just next in line to replace Popovich. Me too. And. I'm surprised with how many coaches and not, not just in professional basketball, but in college that we hear so many of these big name coaches that are retiring, stepping away that I don't know. I had a feeling that Popovich was going to be next. Obviously it didn't happen, but I always thought that she was going to be next in line for San Antonio. And you listen to the fan base and you listen to, you know, what things, what, what things people have to say and they want her to replace Popovich. Like they have that much respect for her. So if you can pry away somebody like that from you know uh, an organization that is is elite, then you know that's that might just be an opportunity that you can't pass up. I think so too. Like I said, 100% agree with you. She would be a name that if it was announced by Woj, that's what the Magic are are hiring. Again, I would not. Surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Number one, and I would not be upset. Number two, like there are a few names that I'll be like, what the heck are we doing? Like, I why? But. There's a list, and I'll, I'll name you some of those names in a few minutes, that I'll be like, sure, let's get to work. Like, she's on that list. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, like like we said, um, you know, it's it, – I'm I'm really hoping, really hoping that we wait until the Clippers get like, – I really want Kenny Atkinson. But we'll see. We'll find out soon. There's so many different things hitting us really, really soon that I feel like it's just going to be a, a domino effect. The minute that one of these teams – go ahead and, and hires their coach. That's one last person that's in that pool. And if you don't chop, chop and get to the next one, another team's going to do the same. And then I think that once that one falls and we'll start to see more of these coaches get hired. So it's going to be interesting to see where everyone falls. I agree. Now, uh, Zach Lowe, and I just want to mention real quick before we get into our tankathon, but Zach Lowe of ESPN, he had a podcast that he was on his podcast where he suggested um, a it wasn't Zach Lowe. I think it was um. What, what's the other guy's name that he's on the podcast podcast with? 
Uh, it varies, but I, I think I just know it wasn't his podcast. Yeah, okay, it was on his podcast. I can't remember the name, but he suggest they suggested a uh, a a mock trade. So there's been issues coming out of the Dallas front with Porzingis um, not being happy with his role and not being happy with how he's being used. So they they proposed a mock trade that suggested Porzingis for Terrence Ross, Gary Harris, and Denver's 2025 first-round pick. Yay or nay? Is that something that you would consider? So Porzingis, the dude is still the unicorn, man. That, yep. that hasn't changed. Yeah, he may have struggled with with injuries. Yeah, we get it. Um, the difference between Dallas and New York is in Dallas, he's not he's not the main dude, man. You're not you're not that guy. That's that's and you can't take that away from Luca. The offense is going through Luca. The ball is going through Luca in New York that you didn't want to be in. In New York, you had the glamour, you had the fame, you had you know the primary focus is on you, and it wasn't the case in Dallas. But do you take do you take the risk? I'll tell you why. It's it's hard, right? Because I like Terrence Ross, I like Gary Harris, but this is a name that is intriguing. It would also mean that you're probably gonna have to move on from either what is he playing now? Center, right? He's a center for the Mavericks. That's that's what the role he played. So you would also have to move probably Mo Bamba or Wendell Carter in a separate trade if you were to make this move, which I don't think the magic would, but just playing along here i wouldn't be upset with a lineup of porzingis jonathan isaac chumo kiki Cade, or jalen green and markel Fultz. like that wouldn't be a bad team now don't forget porzingis getting paid a lot of money but don't forget also he averaged 20 points nine rebounds while shooting 38 percent from the field this past season in which it was a down year for him according to many so guys still young enough he was not the first option on offense. In Orlando, he would be up there uh, as one of the guys that would shoot the ball the most. Um, but just a lineup of Jonathan Isaac and Porzingis together at center power forward, that's a lot of length. Um, the concern is the injuries for him, as we know. He's always been hurt. His knees have been an issue. Um, can he stay healthy? So I wouldn't hate it, but that salary uh, is a lot of money to pay for a guy that cannot stay healthy. Yeah, that, that salary is a lot, and I got the contract here in front of me. Um, obviously, not the real contract, but what he's getting paid is he's still under contract for the next three years. He's 25 years of age. The contract goes, he's getting paid, so this past season is getting paid 29 mil. It goes up to 31, 33, and 36. This was not a Jeff Wellman contract whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So instead of declining, is increasing. Um, so it's it, it varies, man. Do you really want to do you really want to pay that much to you know uh, another player that you add that is also struggling and having challenges with injuries? Like yeah. I feel like we have way more than enough of that on our plate. Um, but at the same time, it's it's a disgruntled star, and it doesn't impact who you may think that you may want in the NBA draft. You know, he, he's seven foot three. You put him in the center position. And and that's what's intriguing to me. Him and J.I. together. That's a lot of length. That's a super amount a of lot length. of length. And I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Is he I, people will take this as a, as a hot take, but could he become a Vooch? 
with proper coaching and proper development in Orlando? Could he be that guy that averages 22 points a game, 12 rebounds like Vooch was doing? That's that, not far that, off. That And that's the thing, man, is that the, the East is it, – it changes players, man. Mm-hmm. The, the West is just so tough, so tough. It's, it's, a, it's a battle zone every single time, especially for the bigs. But you take Porzingis, put him in the East – Man, that's a that's a whole nother wide of we we've already seen what he's able to do in yep. these. This is also a player that the Magic wanted previously. Hennigan wanted to draft Porzingis. Yep. I don't know if the story is true or not, but from what I heard and read somewhere, I don't know where, but I heard that they were going to draft him a year earlier, and they were going to tell nobody about it. He wasn't crazy about Orlando. Decided to mm-hmm. not join the draft early. We try to draft draft them again. Nick got to him. We were off by that's another scenario where we were off by one draft, one pick, pick. <laughs> by one pick. So, um, I'm not I'm not an advocate for it. I'm not trying to convince no one to do it. Um, a part of me is kind of I'm not a hundred percent against it. It's just it, man, it's a lot of money. I'll it's tell you this: money. the the 2K GM in me <laughs> will do the trade just to see what it looks like with Ji him playing together with Markel and the rest of the guys. Again, a fast-paced offense with him kind of trailing like Vooch used to do and just popping threes all day long, it's intriguing. But again, in 2K, I would do it in real life. I think I'd rather have that cap space next year and see what we can do in free agency. Just just a reminder, just to put it in perspective, seven foot three, seven foot six wingspan. My goodness. Sheesh. Sheesh. My goodness. What was... Weren't the Mavericks? Were, didn't they want Mo Bamba? Weren't they interested in Mo Bamba? They did. I, I'm pretty sure they were. They did in, in some capacity. I'm pretty sure they were. It's a, tex- a Texas, and ABK came down to they were debating between do they trade up to get Luca at the time or did they just write it out and get Mo? Imagine. That was the whole debate. So imagine, imagine. Yeah, let's let's not go there. Imagine <laughs> that'd be wild. That would go yeah. down like in the history books. Mm. All right. So uh, let's let's get into Tankathon. So if if you've been watching and listening to our podcast, we've been adding um, the Tankathon uh, simulation um, on our weekly podcast to kind of see or get a feel for where we land. I think more, and we discussed it earlier, that this is more just for my sanity to give me less or more anxiety. So, so let's let's see how we roll. You know what's funny here now? So this is our last official lottery spin before oh, man. the actual so, lottery. So when, when we had Philip Rosman, right, he was telling us that we need to get it all out of the way. All right. This is this is the last one. This is the last, last one. one. I feel good about this one. We haven't won the number one pick yet. We haven't Look done it. The simulations that we've done, we have not. But Look at this, we though, were, man. We were getting better. Four days and 22 hours. Look at that. Yeah, so if you're if you're not watching on the YouTube and you're listening in your car um, through Apple Podcasts, whatever the case may be, uh, you can you can definitely try the tankathon.com and and take a look at their their simulation. So it's a lot of fun. That wasn't ready for that, Al. Go ahead and redo it. <laughs> All right, with the 2021 I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. NBA go. draft, the Orlando Woo. Magic. Select number one. Number one. Oh, that's big time. Oh, that's big time. I'm excited. So we can Man. view this one of two ways. All right. We can look at it positive 
we can look at it negative. The positive is speak it to existence. We're going to do it again. The negative is we just wasted our our slot, our simulation, our number one pick. All right. Now, now just just to add this in there. All right. In this simulation, the Orlando Magic select number one in the 2021 NBA draft. However, the Chicago Bulls landed in the top three. The Chicago Bulls first round pick that we got in that Nikola Vucevic trade did not convey in this scenario. So the, the Orlando Magic only get that number one pick in the first round. We still got the 33rd pick in the second. Listen, listen. If this is what happens right here, I'm still drinking. I'm having fun. I'm enjoying the crap out of that Tuesday night because we have way too many young guys as it is. So give me Cade. I'm okay. And let's go. <laughs> I'm okay. That number one pick. Cade Cunningham. Coming back Kate home Cunningham. to Orlando. And like you said, you got the 33rd pick. You can still get a solid player there. And I'm good with that. So if this is how things play out on Tuesday, which again, I would be okay with this. I'm, I'm, I'll be, ha- I'll be a happy camper. It also allows me and you to probably chill a little bit for the next month because we know, I think, who we will draft. Man, if I got, up- I got way, I got way too excited. Oh, I got way too excited. Can you imagine on Tuesday if this really happens? What our reactions will be? <laughs> I got way too excited. That's wild. Now, I, I have I have a question. Yeah. K. Cunningham, in your mind, is he that far away from a player like Jalen Green? The reason why I ask is because there was a point in time in the past Orlando Magic had the number one pick, and we ended up trading our number one pick for another player by the name Penny Hardaway, and we were able to get some draft picks out of it. Could you see that being a scenario, or is this just a sure shot? If you land the number one pick, Kate Cunningham is the guy that say you run away with it. If you even dare think about trading it, are we are we creating chaos? Are we creating havoc? Is Kate Cunningham 100% the guy that you want, or would you be willing to trade down to get Jalen Green? Listen, Handsome. If, if I'm the GM of the Magic, it, it comes down to the interviews. It comes down to the private workouts. You got to put these two guys on the court at the same time and go have them go one-on-one. And at that point, you say, which is the best fit for our team? Because like you're saying, Kid might be the unanimous number one pick. Yes, many teams may say that. But Orlando may be that one team that says, hey, he is that guy, but Jalen is that guy that can help us be faster, more athletic. He fits more in our roster for whatever reason. Personally, if you get that phone call and somebody tells you, hey, we'll give you the number two pick and whatever other assets just to bump up and get Cade, but you like Jalen Green that much, I would not be opposed to that. I told you, for me, A1, uh, 1A and 1B has always been Cade and Jalen Green. Give me one of those guys and I'll be happy. That's my take on it. It's got to make sense, though. The, the assets we get got to make sense. I just think that I I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to because then you're living with that regret. This is supposed to be the NBA draft, the NBA draft that we've been waiting for, the most elite NBA draft in a very, very long time. They're saying that the top five pick in this draft, you're potentially looking at cornerstones. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's there's different levels to that. But I think that with 
with Cade, there's just no way. There's no way they can bypass it. There, there's, there's too much. There's too much wing on one side. There, there's players that you just know. They just know that they're going to be something, something special. You just know. I think Cade has that. I think Jalen Green has that. But I think that there's a more weight, more guarantee on the Cade side. Exactly. And there's ties to Orlando. That's the it's biggest all, thing. It's like, it's like a, it's like a, a match made in heaven. That's the biggest thing. If you can get him, he's already called Orlando his city in, in a stream here recently that he did on, on his IGT, uh, IG. So, I mean, if you are able to get Cade and he wants to be here, you can't, you can't pass it up. You just can't. I, again, it all comes down to what those guys say in the, in their interviews. It comes down to all those things. But like you said, I think the more sure thing is Cade for sure. Yeah, sorry, I almost died on my water. All right, <laughs> so great, man. I, now I probably will do the tankathon, maybe five more times. Don't but I it. like I like the way I, that we ended it. I'm gonna that. challenge you. Don't do it. <clears throat> I like the way that we end. That was exciting. All right, let's get into our mailbags. So on the Ozone Pod, on Instagram, on Orlando Magic HQ, on Instagram, we went ahead and asked for your for you guys to submit your questions. And we selected the top three, the three that we felt were were the best questions. So the first one is coming from Joshua Richard 19 underscore, where he asks, who are both of your top three coaching candidates for the Magic? We've already kind of touched base a little bit on it, but go ahead, Al. Take it off. Who are your top three? Really, really quickly. I'm going to, you guys know my number one choice. Kenny Atkinson. I gave my reason why already. David Vanderpool is my second option. Guy interviewed in Orlando before. He was one of the finalists when Clifford got the job. So there's some linking there to, to our current front office. And also, he's from Daytona, local guy. Finally, any of the following. Becky Hammond, Penny Hardaway, Chauncey Billups, or any other former players. I'll be okay with. So you went from a top three to a top like <laughs> nine. So I got a top two. That third, I'm okay with pretty much anyone that's a former player. Or Becky Hammond. That's kind of how I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I'm actually a little disappointed that I haven't heard more of Billups, more of that that name connection. I'm a little disappointed. That's true. That's true. Um. So for me, Kenny Atkinson, top of my list. I would be happy with Becky. Um. The more so when the initial report, not even the initial report. I, I feel like I've been saying Penny Hardaway's name for like a year and a half now. But just throwing it out there, the fact that there was some type of traction now. Where it's kind of like, all right, Penny, maybe you should apply for the magic job. Um, the more that I think about it, the more, you know, realistically, I, I just don't see it happening. He just signed a a what five year contract extension back in December for I want to say it was twelve mil or something like that. Um, his son plays on the roster with him. He's a redshirted um, a junior for this upcoming season. Um, I, I don't. I don't see it happening. I, I read somewhere, I think it was uh, Orlando Pinstripe Post. Um, I think they read something or said something about, you know, maybe we can convince Penny if they decided to like bring his son along and have his son play in the Lakeland Magic, playing the the G League. So I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't see it. I don't see it happening as much as I would love it. 
Um, we discussed it a little bit earlier. I, how, if you have an opportunity to get Carlisle, then mm-hmm. you just, I'm sorry, you just got it. You got to do it. There's no way that you can pass it up. If he's open to it, bring him on board and make sure that you bring Daryl Armstrong with him. Yes. Bring yes. Daryl back home. Make it happen. I would be excited for that. Dude, that guy is a Carla is a guy that has been in the playoffs. Seems like every single season. He's always been building winning teams. I, I don't see why. Again, what it's a realistic. I think again, Boston is more of a realistic thing for him. Maybe Portland, maybe Milwaukee if they open up, like one of those teams. But if it's willing to and takes an interview. That's a sign that he may be willing to come here. Yeah, and I've uh, so the Pelicans. It was reported that the Pelicans decided to part ways with Stan Van Gundy. Wasn't really parting ways. He was with them for a year. They canned him. Yeah. Um. No, we do not want Stan Van Gundy to be the head coach mm-hmm. of the Orlando Magic. No. If you're thinking about that, stop. No, at all. <laughs> Zero. What I would be open to is if you did bring in somebody like Penny Hardaway, if you did bring in Becky. If you're if you're taking the risk on a first timer, I wouldn't mind. Imagine having Penny Hardaway and Stan Van Gundy as your as your assistant coach. That's that not sense. that's not bad. That yep. for for those that are are completely against uh, Penny Hardaway doesn't have experience. Listen for for the head coaches that don't have experience, they do this every single time. They always have a really good support system around that brand new head coach. Mm-hmm. With coaches that know what they're doing, I would I would accept a a return. While you're at it, go ahead and bring Dwight Howard back. No, I'm just gonna stop. <laughs> All right. So this next one comes for a keep it Juan, who asks, who would you send to represent the Orlando Magic this year at the podium for the lottery? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, I'll have you go first. Oh man, I was I was gonna. <laughs> Coattail on yours. I was going to agree with you. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm, I mean, the, the, the old school magic fan in me is telling me just to send Pat Williams back out there again. Um, but if, if Pat isn't in there, then I don't know. It'd be cool to see Cole Anthony out there. It'd be cool to see him kind of like ima- imagine. Let me, let me paint it out for you. <laughs> the Orlando Magic win the number one pick in the NBA draft. And him just holding the the ping pong ball, he's like, yeah, like that's. <laughs> I want, I want it just for out of my pure entertainment. I would love to see Cole Anthony there, whether he's he's happy or not happy. At the very least, I'll be entertained. So let's let's throw Cole Anthony out there. So I went that route too. I kind of I kind of went player. I thought of Pat Williams. I'm like I'm like, listen, he's got too much luck already. He got a Shaq, he got his Penny, got his Dwight, didn't he as well? So I'm like, he's already out of luck. I think that's why we've had bad luck the last few seasons, times we've sent him. So we're, we're good with that. For me, it's either J.I., Markel, or Cole Anthony. So basically saying a former player, a current player on the team, one of those young guys. Um, ideally, Cole Anthony for the reaction. I can just imagine when they say, and with the second pick, the Detroit Pistons win the pick. And you know the magic at the first one. He's going to go nuts. Like, I can just imagine him being there. Because um, that's really the surprise, right? When you win the first pick, it's two teams left. Who gets the second pick? You already know who gets the first one, right? So that's that moment where I think he would just go insane. Um, and J.I., man, this guy went to see the Pope last year. Like, he, he, he may have all the positive 
are you, energy that we are need. You, are you implying that the Pope gave him some extra luck? <laughs> that he gave him a little of his, a little of the wisdom to land our way. Is that what you're implying? Positive thinking, and I think <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. I have faith. <laughs> I've, Al, I've never seen you this positive before. That is, that is, that is refreshing. It's so nice to see. It's make time. sure you keep that. Make sure you keep that up. If it doesn't go our way, make sure you keep that up. All right, which kind of leads us to the next and final question. This one comes from Gob seventy nine G O B seven nine, where he asks, "What do we do if the lottery balls do not land our way?" You package those two picks and the thirty third if you need to, and you try to trade up, and Mo Bamba probably too. Just get them all out there. And if those don't work, you cannot trade up. Then you say I, I think that you're you're creating a too easy of a scenario. Let's oh, wait, say wait, that wait, the magic, wait. let's say that the magic pick is outside of the top five, and let's say Chicago makes it into the top three. What do we do? Even then, I would take Wendell Carter, Mobamba, one of those guys, package it with what we got left. Let's call it a six pick and the 33rd. And I'll try to move up if that's an option. If it is not. Is there a disgruntled star out there? We mentioned one already a few, a few minutes ago that would make sense in Orlando. And you trade maybe that trade exemption that we have, that we got in the Fournier trade with some picks attached to it. So you package Terrence Schloss with it. I don't know. But my point is, draft night, Orlando's got to make something happen that is splashy. You cannot simply say, oops, I'm so sorry. We ended up getting Scotty Barnes. Uh, whoever are the rookie, and we're gonna roll with that. That that can happen. I feel like Porzingis is like a Lamborghini, but it has like one of those uh, alerts on the dashboard that says it needs maintenance. Yes, like, I feel like that's that's what we would get with Porzingis if he wanted so, to, you know, trade for a disgruntled star. So he wouldn't be my my number one choice. My number one choice would be probably Bradley Beal, and you basically cash in at that point. Say, you know what, we're gonna go all in, and and we're gonna go and. and Trying to go with him being the scorer, the young guys follow suit. I don't know. Yeah, what do we do if the lottery balls don't land our way? I think that uh, when we when we look at the Mavericks, the Hawks, and we've mentioned this before in our episodes, that their trajectory completely changed once they drafted these players. Uh, I'm sorry, free agencies aren't the the top tier free agent players. Especially if they're young, they're not coming here. Mm-mm. We're gonna have to go get them. And if we do not get lucky, I've said it before, we have to go out there and create our own luck. If it doesn't land our way, which there's a massive possibility, go out there and get them. There, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. Uh, anything outside of that top five is a major, major disappointment. It's a failure. Not that it's in the front office's control because they did everything within their power to put ourselves mm-hmm. in that position. Um, but you just, you got to make it happen. You have, because we, we've already talked about it. We've already said that we have a lot of really, really young pieces. A lot of really, really young. And it might be a little hard to develop every single one of them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I really like our players. Could it be Listen, time to cash in to make sure? Hopefully my hash- we don't have to. Hopefully my hashtag is going to be for the next few days. Hashtag whatever it takes. That's make it. it happen. Make it happen. Make it happen. All right, Al. Final thoughts. 
final thoughts is, hey, we made it, man. We've been talking about this since the season ended. Really, since the trade deadline. We we were like, hey, we know it's all about the lottery at that point in the draft. So it's been about two months now that we've been going at this. It's finally here. Um, me remaining positive, all I'm going to say is, basketball gods, you owe us. You took away Markel. You took away J.I., all the damn injuries. We blew our team. We did it right. We tried to do things right. Didn't work out for whatever reason. It's time to pay us back. So my final words is basketball gods help us out, man. We need that. We need that ping pong ball to fall in our favors this year. We definitely do. Man, think about this for a second. It could change our Orlando Magic team for the next at least eight years. Having a super a, a guy that we draft number one, number two, that turns into an all-star. It's again, like you said before, Luca, Trey Young, Sion, those guys transform franchises. We need one of those guys. We're in a good route, man. The the person that we decide to hire to develop these players, the front office has already made comments about, you know, we understand that we've gone through different coaches in a very small amount of time and it's hindered development. I I feel like they would put us in a position where they won't rewrite history. But if we're able to knock out this hire and, and just swing for the fences and really get a stud hire and also get a top three draft pick, I'm not like the Chicago Bulls pick is, is bonus. It's cherry. It's, it's whatever it comes with. It comes with, but if you're able to hold that down, you know we're we're gonna be we're gonna be all right for years, for years. Like I'm I'm jealous sitting at home watching all these teams like the Hawks, the Hawks are damn near on the verge of really making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Insane, they're literally on the verge. At the same time. Relax, take a step back, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. That's it. That's, That's it. it. That's it. A couple more days ago, we find out where we land. The next time we talk to you guys, we'll we'll know exactly that. On that note, it's a wrap, man. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of magic fans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Ozone Pod. And remember to subscribe and leave a five star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.